This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 499. 499, just one more episode to go before number 500, because that's how numbers work, isn't it? 498, 499, and then... Wow, 500, and that's a big round number. And we like to celebrate big round numbers, don't we? Yes, we do. Uh, To be honest, I'm not sure when I will manage to publish episode 500 because, as you know, my wife might give birth to our baby daughter any day now, and then I'll be rather busy with all of that, I expect. Lots of things are happening. But never mind all of that now, let's not get ahead of ourselves This is episode 499, and this one is all about the royal family. And you'll hear me having a rambling chat with Amber, all about Prince Harry getting engaged to Meghan Markle, some old rumours, gossip and scandals about the royal family, some royal history, and also there's a royal family quiz in this episode. That's all coming up in this one. But before we get into all of that, let me mention the sponsor for this episode, and that's italki. Uh, With my episodes, you get plenty of language input, listening practice, natural vocabulary, and so on. But it's important to activate your English too, of course. So try using italki to actually practice speaking to qualified teachers and native speakers who can give you guidance and feedback to help you in your learning journey. So get some lessons on italki for yourself, or... If you celebrate Christmas, you could consider offering some italki lessons to a friend as a gift. And remember that you can get a free lesson from italki because you listen to this podcast. And to get that, you need to use my link, and that is teacherluke.co.uk slash talk, or you can just click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Okay, so hello, folks. Here we go with another new episode. This one's about the royal family. Now, you probably know that recently we had the news that Prince Harry is going to marry his gorgeous girlfriend, Meghan Markle. I don't know if that made the news where you are. Did you know about that? Um, I think probably the royal family, the British royal family, is. I know it's famous around the world. I don't know if it makes the headlines in your country. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it did because it's quite a big story. Certainly in the UK, it's a huge story. So there's going to be another royal wedding next year, and this is actually quite a big deal for the UK. And other countries too, which have a certain fascination with the UK's royal family. Now, you might be wondering what British people think about this. What do we think about Harry and Meghan? And what do we think of the royal family in general? Well, I can't ask every single British person what they think, but I can give you my opinions 
and also the opinions of Amber, who I'm talking to in this episode. Also, this gives us an opportunity to chat generally about the royal family on the podcast again. I say again because I have talked about the royals a little bit. I did an episode all about the Queen a few years ago. And also there was that episode called something like a a um, a totally terrific talk on the terrace. Um, and we talked about Lady Diana and the Queen a bit in that episode as well. But anyway... Uh, this basically gives me gives us a chance to chat about the royal family and, and stuff like that. And uh, that's usually a subject which attracts quite a lot of attention and interest from abroad. So hopefully you'll find it an interesting topic. Also in this episode, Amber and I have prepared some quiz questions about the royal family. And I wonder if you know the answers. So first you will get a discussion of Harry and Meghan and then a royal family quiz. And let's see how much you know about the royals. And hopefully this episode can help you to learn a few things about the British monarchy that you didn't know before, including some scandals, uh, some rumours, some big moments in history and other interesting facts about this most traditional of British institutions. Hello, Amber. How are you today? I'm good, Luke. How are you? Very well, thanks. Where are we? We're at my flat. Okay. Um, we're, we're surrounded by Christmas sabelia. Sabelia? Christmas sabelia, is Chris- that a word? Christmas, well, like memorabilia. Yeah. Uh, are there any other words that use abelia at the end? I don't know any. No. <laughs> <laughs> well done for just introducing a brand new word right at the beginning. All, these, all my listeners are going, what, wait, what's this word that we must learn? No, don't, <laughs> don't, don't learn it. Don't bother with that one. No. Christmas abelia, like memorabilia is stuff... Well, what, what's mem- we have to explain this now. What's memorabilia? Uh, uh, bits and bobs, like souvenirs and things of... It's like stuff that uh, uh, helps you remember, not things like holidays you've been on, but usually it's stuff like Beatles memorabilia. Is like, yeah. you know, things associated with the Beatles, like it could be newspaper cutouts or maybe a Beatles Christmas record or like a Beatles poster mm. or things like that. It's Beatles memorabilia, like stuff that uh, people might buy or sell that is uh, that helps you remember the Beatles. Or an event. Couldn't you have like, because uh, jumping straight into our theme of the day, yeah. like um, the royal wedding yeah. memorabilia. Yes, memorabilia from the royal wedding. Yeah, um, did so, you did you have any in your house from the uh, from the royal wedding of Prince Charles and Lady Diana? No, no, we, we're not a royal family. In my, any, yeah, I'm so sorry. My flat is so noisy. You can hear like the sirens outside. I live next to a hospital, and my neighbour is like drilling or something. Can you hear it? Yeah, your neighbour's drilling. I don't know if that's coming through in the in the podcast. If oh, people can it's hear very that, loud. it sounds like a long extended fart coming from the next room. That's kind of what it sounds like to me, and it makes the floor vibrate as well. Yeah, it's intense drilling. Yeah, mm. some really intense drilling and siren action going on outside. Memorabilia is basically. Let's just wrap this up and move yeah. on. Sorry. It's objects kept or collected because of their associations with memorable people or events. Okay. So, for example, the royal family memorabilia is a good one because your maybe your family aren't into royal stuff. My family aren't really either, but for some reason we did have a dish or a plate from the royal wedding in 1981. It was 1981, I think, uh, between Charles and Diana. 
Possibly. Because that was kind of a big event in, in the UK. And I remember, I was four at the time, but I remember um, actually it being on TV. And I remember there was a party in the street that, yeah. that day. There was a big street party with bunting, you know, like little flags that they hang from the... From the British people love bunting. We do, don't we? When there is an, a, an event becomes a party with bunting. Yeah. It's not a proper event until there's bunting. Mm-mm. I've got loads of bunting. Have you? You've got kind of bunting up here f- as a Christmas decoration. Yeah, well, and this is my advent calendar that I made. We need to just make sure the listeners know what bunting is. Okay. Where do you see bunting? Any sort of fete or, f- or party or, or, or just celebratory event in Britain, like bunting. St- street parties for a royal wedding or something. And it's usually like st- uh, string that's hung from... Like it might be string from someone's rooftop that goes onto a lamppost and then, you know, string that's hanging in this in the air. And then there are like these triangular kind of flags that hang down from the string. Exactly. And so it's like a line of triangles that sort of uh, swing in the breeze Mm -hmm. and they're of different colours. So that's bunting. Yeah. Exactly. Your advent calendar, which is a, a, an advent calendar as, as any listener who heard our Christmas ramble from last year. Do you remember that? Yeah. We, we talked about Yeah, yeah, we did talk Christ- about last year. We learned all about your family traditions and it inspired me. I wanted to have traditions like yeah, that. Yeah, you need to do some family games at Christmas as well. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, an advent calendar is like a calendar that runs down to Christmas Day and usually you give it to kids. And um, you, normally you open a door for each day mm. and out, behind the door there's like a bit of chocolate or something. But your advent calendar is amazing. It's like bunting, ladies and gentlemen. But instead of little flags, there are brown paper bags hanging from clips on this string, which is suspended from the cupboards uh, here in Amber's living room. And for each day, there's a different bag. And there must be some sort of little goodie or treat in each bag. There is a goodie and treat in each bag. Because I don't like those advent calendars with mouldy old chocolate and just marketed at children lots of plastics. So in these advent calendars, there is a little chocolate, but good Good chocolate, Good chocolate from Marks and Spencers. Oh, yes. And there's um, Christmas decorations in some of them because we don't actually have many Christmas decorations because we didn't really, you know, really get into it before we had uh, our son. Yeah. Um, and then in some of them, there are little gifts. So, for example, there is a whoopee cushion. We were just talking Ooh. about farting. And my son, he does enjoy farting. So. <laughs> he enjoys farting. <laughs> he loves a fart. Really? He loves to mention it. Oh, he, he, he can't just let one slip quietly. He'll run and find me. Mummy, I did a fart. So he has to tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard a joke the other day. <laughs> do you want to hear my joke? <laughs> Obviously. Uh, why do farts smell? I don't know. So that uh, deaf people can enjoy them too. <laughs> right. Amazing. So your, your son likes to flag up every time he's done a fart. He runs and proudly tells you, I did a fart. Yep. He can also tell me if other people have farted. Oh, yeah? Like, as if you need to know. Yeah. He might run in and tell me, Mummy, Daddy did a fart. <laughs> <laughs> what, is he Is he impressed or is he shocked or... I think he just enjoys... Uh, come on, you're a guy. Guys, yeah. even grown-up men enjoy a fart. It's. I mean, I have to say, there is something quite funny about a fart. I mean, yeah. you know, the... <sighs> See, I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm aware that I do have someone who comments on my website, <laughs> who you might know. Jack from the from the comments section. I do know Jack. He's yeah. got an obsession with farts. I mean, he's he's taken it too far. Literally obsessed, and I mean obsessed with farting. And he, apropos of nothing, will post 
videos and photos of people farting on the front page of my website. Well, I mean, it's funny because it is, it's funny because it's a childish thing to find funny. Yes. And yet at the same time, there is a fascination with farting. I, I read or saw recently about, in my research for Paris, about this a show where this guy would musically fart. Um, and I think they had them some sort of loudspeaker attached to his bottom and it was this sort of old fashioned black and white. <laughs> I'll try and find it and send farting it to you. Farting a melody. Farting a melody, yes, okay. and just very long farts, and the audience <laughs> were just like, "Wow!" Queuing up to come and see it. Well, yeah. you know, I I also enjoy a comical fart every now and then. I try not to do it in polite company, but uh, I mean, when a fart happens, I do find it amusing. Not, not I don't laugh at my own farts, but I, when <laughs> a fart a fart in itself is quite a funny thing, but um, not necessarily on the front page of my website. That's no, I don't find it that funny. I must admit, I've often been baffled as to why people find them as humorous as they are. However, for a three-year-old, pretty funny. That's yes. Whoopee cushion. So, is this- so when a, wo- a whoopee cushion is... A whoopee cushion is like a little cushion that you fill up with air and then when you sit on it, accidentally or otherwise, you know, if you've hidden it under someone's seat, it makes a farting noise. Yeah, you kind of put one on your teacher's chair or something like that and the teacher sits down and a little farting noise. Hilarious. Hilarious, yes. Okay, all right, but for three-year-olds, not not for grown adults. Not for grown-ups, no. Okay, so there's a whoopee cushion in one of those. There's a whoopee cushion, there's there's like decorations, there's a few little figurines that he likes. He likes PJ masks and I've got him one of those. Um, what else are there? There were some colouring pencils and some colouring things. So stuff like that. It's fantastic. It's just the best Christmas ever. It's amazing. Um, all right, cool. He must be excited. Is he getting excited? He loves it. But I told him if he tries to take any of them down before the day, because that's yeah. what he wants to do, they'll all disappear because the elf will come and take them back. Yeah, because you've also, I've noticed, <laughs> as you pointed out to me earlier on, you have an elf in your apartment, in your flat. Yeah. There's an elf that's here and there's even a little door on the skirting board, yeah. listeners. It's a tiny little door. It's probably about, I don't know, 15 centimetres high. Little door attached to the skirting board, which is just the little bit of wood that goes around the bottom of the wall, you know, at the, at the level of the floor. And there is a little door with a couple of mushrooms growing next to it. Yeah. And this is, this is the elf's door, is it? The, well, yeah, because there's this a tradition in England. I don't know how long it's existed. Not when I was little. Mm. Called Elf on the Shelf. Do you know this? Never heard of Elf on the Shelf. Elf on the Shelf is pretty weird, but it's big in the UK. And it's this sort of weird little elf snitch. And the story is... Snitch. Snitch, yeah. What? Because basically this Elf on the Shelf is kind of a marketing ploy, I suppose. I don't know who started it or how. But you have a little toy elf... And the idea is that it comes and it watches the children and it reports back to Santa to say if they've been good or bad. Right. And the snitch is if the kid's been bad. Yes. Yeah, so the elf will be like, oh, this kid uh, did a fart and didn't tell anyone. So no it, gifts for him. Exactly. Blamed it, blamed it on the dog. Or blamed it on the dog. Yeah. Okay. So this is the elf. But the thing is, the elf on the shelf gets up to naughtiness. So what you're meant to do is at night when the children are asleep, you do something naughty like... Um, um, spilling things or drawing faces on the fruit or stuff like that. That's the kind of sort of naughtiness that the mm-hmm. elf on the shelf gets up to. But I find the elf a bit disturbing. But I like the idea of an elf getting involved and mm-hmm. making the sort of lead up to Christmas a bit more exciting. So instead, I've made him a door so the elf appears at night and he has done naughty things. He stuck a giraffe in the butter. <laughs> a toy giraffe, obviously, not yeah. a real one. Don't have those. <laughs> right. Giraffe in the butter and, you know, he's messed up some things. So okay. The elf does come. That's a brilliant idea. 
yeah. little elf that comes and helps out or causes mischief. And he's own, even got his own little door down there. It's amazing. Um, uh, Hugo must be having a fantastic time. That's yeah. really good. So anyway, um, right. what we, we did actually have a plan here to, to talk about stuff and, and some current events. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned the royal family there and the, the royal wedding that happened in 1981 between Charles and Diana. And yeah. then, of course, we had another, you know, the, the more recent royal wedding was um, William, William and Kate, which was yeah. what, 2000 and something, 2008, 2009, 2010. I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't remember. But anyway. I, yeah, it was, it was, well, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, 2000 and at least 10. I think at so. Least. I think so. Um, and so that kind of, uh, all this is relating to the fact that we've, we're going to have another royal wedding next year. We are. And this is between Prince Harry and his girlfriend, Meghan Markle. Mm. So I thought that since... Um, Meghan Markle is going to join the royal family. She's also going to become a British citizen. So I thought uh, we could talk about this and then talk about the royal family a little bit. Yeah. Because obviously the, the royals are famous around the world and a lot of attention is being paid to this story. Yeah. Perhaps when it should be, people probably should be paying attention to some of the more important things going on in the world. I don't think it's an either or situation. Really? Yeah. So uh, bigger stories like the Brexit negotiation, the investigation of Trump by the FBI, and also rising tension between the USA and North Korea are big stories. But this story has been hitting the headlines a lot. People want a feel-good story. They do, yeah. This is a feel-good story. Yeah. Yeah, okay, because it makes you feel good. Okay, then. So let's talk about this. So who who is Meghan Markle, first of all? Do you know who she is? Yeah, I saw her in Suits. She's an American actress. Yeah. Did you enjoy Suits? It was okay. Yeah? It's, it's a bit shoddy. Shoddy? Not that great. Okay. They had this, like, because it's a um, law program, and um, they have they were one of those types of... It's a comedy, like, it's meant to be funny, so, and it was quite funny, and I enjoyed it. We watched it quite a lot. But they would do that thing where they'd hand them a sort of really complicated, thick dossier and they'd just like look at it and instantly be like, well, I, and I've understood and read it all. And, and I was yeah. like, how, how are they doing this? Like a real, uh, a real show about a, a, a law firm would involve a lot more reading. A lot more reading. And a lot less sort of arguing and, um, and striding into people's offices and... Uh, wearing and, high heels. Uh, wearing high heels and having affairs and, and stuff like that. Anyway, so yeah. she, she uh, is an actress who uh, played the part of Rachel in Suits. Okay, that's how I guess she's famous. She's a, an American yeah. actress. Her background, do you know anything about her background? Her mother's African-American, her father's white. And didn't they win some money or something? And it set her off on a road to sort of fulfilling her dream and becoming an actress? Or didn't they sort of start modestly and some sort of life-changing event happened? Maybe I made that up. A rags to riches story of some kind? I don't actually know. All all I know from Wikipedia, the brief bit of reading I did, is that she's... She's of Dutch, English, and Irish descent through her father's side. Don't really know about her mum, except that her mum apparently uh, was or is African-American. So she's like mixed race. Um, She was born on the 4th of August, 1981 in Los Angeles. So she's American. Uh, Describing her parents, she has said, My dad is Caucasian, meaning white, and my mum is African-American. I have come to embrace this and say who I am, to share where I'm from, to voice my pride. 
in being a strong, confident, mixed-race woman. So it's very much part of her identity that she is a mixed-race person. Mm-hmm. Um, is it significant? Is, is that significant in this? In, um, is it significant? Yeah, in the, in the context that she's joining the, the royal family in the UK. I do think it's significant. I think it's interesting that, you know, um, Harry's mother-in-law will be black essentially i think is that's she black then does that does that count as black because that that's an interesting question don't you think isn't she well is she, she's half white no and half his black. mother-in-law oh sorry so megan's mum oh right of course so that's his mother-in-law yeah so that is you know a really important significant person yeah and i do i do think it's important because i think for well i mean we're going to talk about the royals more but there is a lack of integration and even um, diversity, diversity, or especially like in, in lots of areas of the world. But those upper echelons of society, you know, the creme, I mean, and they're definitely the creme, aren't they? Creme de la creme. Creme de la creme. You know, they, it's all white, especially in Britain. Yeah. So it's, it's really great, I think, that she's there. It's, it's quite an interesting question because to an extent, it's a bit of a conundrum isn't it? Because you kind of think, well, the, the, the country as a whole is quite diverse now, you know, and that, you know, we've got people from different communities and stuff like that. And the world itself is a diverse place and all that. And yet the royal family doesn't really represent that diversity. But the royal family, that by definition, is this sort of, it's a bloodline, isn't it? And so when you think about it, you realise the fact that it's all about family and the bloodline of the royal family sort of means that by definition, the true royals, I mean, the sort of ones who who, um, were born into the royal family are white in that sense. But But that's also through choice, because they've never chosen to marry someone who was not white. Yeah, why not? Because, I mean, look at Meghan's and Harry's children. They will be born into the royal family and they will be to a certain degree, well, I mean, they will also be mixed race. This could have happened before. It just hasn't happened before. You know, Princess Diana, she was from a posh family, wasn't she? But she wasn't royal. Kate's not royal. Well, Princess Diana was actually from a noble family. So she Mm. did have connections. Kate isn't. She's not actually from a noble background. Because, you know, you've got the nobility... Yeah. which is a system of family connections. And if you are connected by family somehow to the r- royalty, then you're part of the nobility, right? Mm. Um, Diana was from a noble family. Um, Kate wasn't. Like Her parents are sort of middle class yeah. who grew up, uh, who, who made their fortune selling toys or something. I think they sold... Um, Were they wedding planners? It was like, no, it was a gift shop okay. business that well, Kate they Middleton's... Made money. They were middle-class people who made lots of money, yep. and, and um, which led to Kate being able to get into like the top schools, and they were very ambitious. I think, I think mm. actually, Kate's mum had a, 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 an ambition for Kate that she would marry uh, uh, one of the princes. That's that pretty it, it was an ambition. Intense. Yeah. And so she almost groomed herself to be in, in that position. But I mean, that was, I mean, that Kate married William was a big excitement for Britain. I mean, they love the royal wedding, Kate, you know, she's very beautiful and she's very nice, but she was like everyone, you know, a commoner. 
as people were saying, you know, she's not that common. Technically. But, but she's yes. not from the nobility. And yeah. so that was exciting. People were saying, you know, the royal family has been shaken up. It's no longer fuddy-duddy and stuffy and just marrying their first cousins. Look, he's married a normal person. Yeah, b- bringing the royal family into the 21st century. So, you know, and Harry's taken it further. Yeah. Because she's, she's also foreign. I think it's Jen. Yeah, she is. She's American. She's not even English. Yeah, that's right. You know what? She's American, right? She's divorced. (coughs) Yes. And she comes from a Catholic family, which traditionally would have been a definite no-no. Yeah. In fact, she's more the sort of woman that Harry would have had as a mistress rather than married into the royal family. That's what they say. Yeah. But times have changed. They have. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there, um, there was a scandal years ago with Edward VIII mm-hmm. who wanted to marry what's his name Wallace Simpson. Simpson and she was a Catholic American divorcee mm-hmm. uh, and that didn't sit very well with the, the royal family at the time mm-hmm. and he was given a choice either you marry this woman and you uh, um, you know give up the throne or, yeah. or or you give up her and you marry the throne no that doesn't work that doesn't work but you know you can stay you can become king yeah or you can marry this yeah, woman because she's a you know, we can't have a divorced Catholic American woman in the in the royal family. That's what they thought at the time. But now, obviously, things have changed. She was also, I think there were also other things that meant that Wallace Simpson wasn't quite accepted. Like, she didn't get on with the others. But um, then it's funny because actually, Edward VIII, you know, that story. Mm. Now, when you talk about it, it sounds like a sort of fantastic love story, doesn't it? You know, he gave yeah. up the throne. And actually, it's a very undertold story in Britain. It's more, it's more sort of like, how could he? Yeah. Marry an American. Naughty Ooh. boy. And I think now maybe it's time for a retelling, you know, that story. Because, you know, recently they made the the, the, the King's the, Speech. The King's the, Speech, yeah, which featured aspects of that story. It's Well, I mean, it's quite important in, in terms of that story. And The Crown. Yeah, I've not watched The Crown. Oh, that The Crown goes into that story in quite some detail. So it's, it's quite good. Well, I mean, I hear it's a really good series, but I think, I mean, so that's an interesting story because I still feel that, Growing up in England, we know that story about the abdication, but we don't look at it as a lovely love story, you know, a powerful story of love. We look, it's sort of told with this very like, oh dear, that was not right. That wasn't the thing to do. It was a scandal. It was a scandal. Whereas I think a modern audience would now be ready for it to be like, wow. Yeah. He loved her so much. What a beautiful romance. Yeah. Um, but there's another thing, though, that Wallace Simpson was a Nazi sympathiser. Yes, I heard that. But we- wasn't there a number of Nazi sympathisers in the uh, yeah in in, in the royal family at that time? <laughs> yeah, there was all. There, I think Hitler actually expected Britain to kind of go along with what he was doing because he had some support in the higher levels of British establishment. And you have to be careful when you talk about. Nazi sympathizer in the 30s, he'd abdicated in the 30s, the late 30s. Yeah. We think of Adolf Hitler, obviously, he is a horrible, awful, perhaps the most awful person in history, certainly modern history. Um, but when he started, there was more sympathy, you know, there wasn't that kind of same. Yeah, there wasn't the stigma attached to being a. Uh, a fascist, let's say, at the time, that it was almost an acceptable thing, which is something that's happening again now, isn't it? Terrifying. It is, isn't it? But being being a fascist now is like normalised. Are you talking about the tweets? I'm talking about just everything that's going on. I thought you were talking I'm about talking, the Trump tweet. I'm talking about Donald Trump tweet, <laughs> tweeting a, a, a far-right uh, 
um, you know, retweeting a video published by Britain First, Britain which First. is a far right sort of fascist group in, in a hate from, group, a hate group in the UK, but also just generally speaking, the the stuff that I see on Twitter, uh, mm. uh, any any thread which is discussing either Brexit or Trump, just it's just a lot of right wing people airing their views on the internet these days and it's becoming more and more normalized you saw in charlottesville in the united states mm. this summer uh i don't know how to describe them white supremacists openly yeah. uh, marching through the streets waving uh, nazi flags and and things like that and oh that's, we shouldn't get into it now no we can't not... get into it it's a different story and it's terrifying i completely agree yeah 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 but so all of this to say that um yes there was it's a complicated story with them and their, their potential Hitler supporting. But it was also different times. They sh- definitely should not have been supporting him. He was always a horrible man with horrible opinions from the get-go. Yeah. But perhaps not as horrible as people realised. So what, but what you're saying is that purely from a sort of uh, story point of view, that the the fact that this is quite a romantic story in the sense that he gave up the crown in order to be with this woman is quite yeah. a romantic sacrifice to make and that there is a romantic story to be told there and that the narrative that we've had in the UK over the years is that he's a he's a bad guy yeah. because he, he abdicated, mm. which is just not the done thing. Um, yeah, okay. All right, you should watch The Crown. It does I'm, tell that story in some detail in in a very convincing way. I'm going to go, I'm going to give it a watch. You should. I think series, series two of The Crown is, is, is out now, I think. It's just started again. Good, okay. So quite timely. So, all right. Also, another thing that I noticed when I was mm-hmm. uh, sort of reading about Meghan Markle is that she appears to be anti-Brexit. She She tweeted, I think on the... Uh, the day after the Brexit referendum result came out, she she tweeted a photo of someone holding up a sign that said, "If you, if EU, it's a kind of a joke. Yeah. If EU leave me now, you take away the biggest part of me, which is a song lyric from a song by Chicago. Yeah. And if you leave me now, you take away the biggest part of me. And if EU leave me now, you see, see yeah, the joke. I see it. So that seemed to suggest that she isn't a supporter of Brexit, which. I don't know if that is any is of any significance. Normally, the royals don't have po- uh, political opinions, uh, but she seems like a normal person. Let's say she does. Although, I mean, I frankly don't give much of a toss about what she has to say because <laughs> no. there's quite a lot of like videos of her looking sort of starry, and I just think boring. I'm not interested in what you have to say or anything about you. Really? really? No. She's she's uh, attractive though, isn't she? She's uh, good looking. Well, no surprises. Yeah. Do you think Harry was just like I fancy her? Do you, I mean it's very hard to turn down like royalty. Do you reckon? Yeah. Do you reckon that she, really? I think they get on and all the rest of it. But you know, I mean, if he wasn't royal, he would never have met her, obviously. And what's he? You know, what's he got? But I mean, if, if you meet the royal person and they're quite cute and you get on and you're thinking I could be a princess. She's not going to be a princess, though, you know? Well, she'll be an HRH. Her Royal Highness. Yeah. Will she? But yes. she's, she technically won't be Princess Meghan. No, she'll just be a duchess, won't they? And yeah. They'll be Sussex, won't they? She, she's not going to be a princess because you can't marry into that position. You have to be born into it. That's Those are the rules. Princess, no. Yeah. Princess Diana wasn't actually a princess. They we called, just called her a princess. We just called her a princess. And then she would have been queen consort. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, the royal consort, which is the person who's married to the monarch. Well, but I mean, essentially, it's princess. Basically. It's basically princess, basically, though. Basically, she's a princess. I mean, she's, she's living in a castle, isn't she? She's going to be a duchess, right? Duchess pretty of... Pretty cool. Duchess of Sussex, I think. Yeah, and she's just going to be swanning around being, you know, fabulous. Yeah. All right. So what do we think of Meghan Markle then? And uh, we think she's basically all right. Heart sort of seems nice enough. She seems nice enough. Yeah. Um, she seems lovely. Um, I think it's a good choice. And I mean, globally, the royal family, nonsense. Yeah, but really? You think it's a load of nonsense? It's embarrassing, I think. Do you, do you think so? Because a lot of people love our royal family. A lot I of know. people are fascinated and... and, and yeah, and uh, they are fascinating and it's full of tradition. And I mean, I'm quite fascinated. But it's also really awful because... They're just normal people. They're just a regular family with loads of privilege and money for absolutely no reason. Mm. We live in a world which is so divided. Britain, really divided. And here it's just like, there we go. You're uh, really wealthy and famous and have all these sort of access to people and things and your opinions being heard mm. for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, it's just... And it's, that's not right. The embodiment of privilege um, and inequality in, exactly. in society. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, really. I know it's nonsense. Would you get rid of them then, if you could? If you if you could press a button now to just completely remove the royal family, would you do I it? I kind of feel like if the, once the queen goes. I tried to write a question for you earlier and I wrote, if the Queen dies. <laughs> if, the, if the Queen dies. And I, went, I mean, like, because I feel she's immortal. Um, mm, she's not. I sort of feel if the Queen, when the Queen goes, it should have, they should sort of be like, that's not now, isn't it? Come on. Yeah. We yeah. can't really have a king. No, it's they, ridiculous. They will maintain it. They will keep going. Of course going. they will. But it's ridiculous. But, I mean, whether or not Charles will be king <laughs> is another question because he's... Old. Old and unpopular. Very unpopular. I don't know. I think I've heard mixed things about him. I've heard some people say he seems like a nice guy and an interesting person and with some really interesting things to say. And I've heard other people say that he's a bit strange and not very nice. You know, so... But he's not that popular in the UK. This kind of weird divorcee tainted by the tragedy of his... Failed marriage with Diana and the di- and the divorce and the affairs. He wasn't affairs. nice to Diana. He wasn't very nice to her. She said famously that he threw, he pushed her. No, she threw herself down the stairs. I don't know if he was involved in that, but he wasn't very nice to her. Yes. No. Yeah. And and, and we all love Diana. You know, most, Queen of Hearts. <laughs> she decided, she called herself the Queen of Queen of Hearts. Really? Oh well, she was mental as well. They were all mental. Uh, to be honest, the the least mental people in this family are the ones who apparently aren't really royal. So Kate Middleton seems like a pretty normal, down-to-earth, nice person. Yeah. Meghan Markle, again, same kind of thing. Mm. Prince Harry, don't you think he's the sort of most down-to-earth, normal royal of, of the bunch? Don't you think? He's the one you could go for a drink with, isn't he? I don't know. Yes, he does seem relatively normal for someone who's like fabulously wealthy and privileged. Yeah. Have you heard this rumour about Harry? I don't know. <laughs> Have you heard any rumours about Harry? Um, so there's a there's a there's a rumour that he's not Prince, Prince Charles's, Charles's son. son. Yeah, it's old news. It's old news, but it's quite a good one. I quite like this story. Yeah, it's, it's a sort of a conspiracy theory, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I I sort of quite like this one. I think this I think it could be true. Well, they don't. He doesn't look like William, does he? He doesn't look like William. He doesn't look like Charles. 
Mm-mm. And you know the guy is, what's his name? James Hewitt. Yeah. The guy who apparently is, you know, he's said to be uh, Harry's father. So this dates back to the fact that Diana had a number of different affairs with different people. One of the people she had an affair with was this... Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, Princess Diana had an affair with this guy called James Hewitt, who was a polo player, I think. Yeah, something like that. And um, it, we can work out that the affair took place around the time that Harry was conceived. Mm-hmm. And that now you look at Harry, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's got this, you know, certain features, this ginger hair and all this stuff. And he, he doesn't really look like Charles. And when you see pictures of James Hewitt, he looks a lot like James Hewitt. He really does. James Hewitt's got the same kind of same shaped chin, mm. same shaped ears, uh, the same skin tone. It's possible. The same kind of hair, same, exactly the same color hair. It's really possible. Yeah. It really could be true. So, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't make any difference Makes to anything. Makes no difference, though. No difference at all to anything. And obviously, he's not going to have a DNA test because he wouldn't dignify the theory by, by doing that. But anyway, it's an interesting one. Mm. Uh, but what I meant was that he seems like quite a normal, down-to-earth person, despite the fact that he's not. You he's, think it's because of his DNA? Yeah, his DNA just <laughs> breathes like normal, normal normality. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, so we talked about, you know, things like diversity, social mobility. She's received a lot of, there's been a lot of online abuse. Has she? Why? Yeah, because she's, you know, because she's like mixed race. What, and people of Britain have been mean about her. People are, there's a lot of racist idiots out there. Well, you know, like she, I was saying to you before, she knew she knew that before she got into it. It's not that doesn't justify it or make it easier for her mm. to handle. But mm. I'm sure she, you know, she's not a little girl. I'm sure she's experienced online abuse before, and I'm sure she knew that it was not going to be easy. It doesn't. Yeah. It's disgusting, but yeah, people are fools. Yeah, okay. I'm sure she's going to get lots of lovely support too. Yes, I think so. I think she's going to be very popular. Um, oh, I mean, yeah. You know, apparently she, she sort of did a meet and greet with the public in Nottingham yeah. uh, recently. And she, you know, one of those events where the royals go and shake hands with people and accept flowers. Get flowers, and yeah. Kiss babies and things. Was that just, is that just politicians who kiss just babies? Just politicians. Just American politicians. British politicians wouldn't kiss a baby. No. Okay. That would be just frowned on. Presidents kiss babies. American presidents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they they met the public, and apparently, uh, you know, the public loved her. They adore her and stuff like that. So, fine. Also, I don't know. In a way, it's sort of like a relief because you mm. kind of think, what what could Harry do to not top William, but you know, oh, I think Kate. He- She's really beautiful and classic and English, but you know, normal, the rest of it. So Megan, it's kind of exciting. You know, she's Hollywood and American and sort of beautiful as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's, you know. I think that she has <laughs> stolen Kate's thunder. Nah. Really? No. Why not? Because she's American. All right. She's not like proper. She can't top Kate. She never will. Because Kate is. Go- Kate's top dog. Kate's the top dog. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay uh, to steal someone's thunder nice expression do you know where that comes from no it's a theatre thing that that what happened was I don't know where this happened but someone invented a kind of thunder special effect for the theatre yeah the sound of Big thunder board. yeah so I don't know how they did it but they, they created this special effect of thunder and someone then stole the idea 
and then used it to great effect in a in a performance. So that person literally stole the other one's thunder. That's amazing. And so now we use the expression still to mean when you what you sort oh, of eclipse someone's power. <laughs> You know, you sort of like take the limelight. Oh no, I'm just using more expressions. To win praise for some for yourself by preempting someone else's attempt to impress. So let's say, for example, you are doing something that is. Uh, let's say I'm telling a joke. Yeah. And it's going pretty well, but then you give the punchline. And then everyone laughs at my punchline and I'm the wonderful one, yeah. even though you're the one who set up the joke. Yeah. And you were, you were going to get all the applause and the adulation. And instead, by jumping in with the punchline too early, I steal your thunder. Yes. Good example. Mm. So I was wondering if Meghan Markle is going to steal Kate's thunder, but you don't think so. You think Kate is untouchable. I think she's untouchable. And I think she, because she's English and also because she's got, you know, she's got a baby coming, so she's pregnant. Mm. So she'll win that thunder back. When's the baby due? A couple of months, I think. Uh, so she'll get a bit of, I mean, the wedding will obviously be big. Yeah. Uh, there'll mm. be some faux pas, I think, from... From Megan. Yeah. she's American. She doesn't know the rules. She's going to make mistakes. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see. I, I honestly, genuinely hope it works. I hope yeah. that they, I hope that the, the love that they appear to have for each other is genuine. I hope that they get on. I hope the marriage works. I hope that she is happy. And mm. I hope that um, the public continue to like her. I think it'd be hard for her. Yes. I think so too. I think she could be very unhappy. Yeah. Uh, I think it depends how low a profile they manage to keep. You know, Diana was very unhappy as a member of the royal family. She didn't realise. She was glaringly in the spotlight, though. Yeah, she was hounded by the press all the time. Because they were the next in line. And, you know, she's the sort of new young face. And and she also seemed quite shy. She was extremely naive. She's very young. She thought that she was in some sort of fairy tale situation. She thought that Charles loved her. She didn't realise that she'd just been selected. Uh, by the Queen Mother, I think. This is Diana. That she really? was just picked by uh, the Queen Mother. And Charles didn't really love her. He loved Camilla. But he married Diana because she was the right... <laughs> she fitted the right profile for this role. She did, yeah. And she believed the whole thing. She thought he was in love with her and all this stuff. He wasn't. You know, she wasn't... She wasn't clued into the whole game that she was a part of. And then, you know, slowly that innocence and that naivety was... <laughs> Was stripped away, stripped yeah. away, and and um, and it was a different time for the royal family back then. You know that she was a she was selected as a virgin. You know mm. she had to be a virgin for that for that wedding. Gosh, awful! How old fashioned? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, look at look at Kate. I mean, she's a good girl, but I'm sure she wasn't a virgin. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, <laughs> I don't think Meghan Markle would be either. I would be surprised. She's divorced. She's divorced. Right? It's well, unlikely. Yeah, it is a virgin. Un- it is unlikely. And and. And good, God, because I think you need to be a bit tougher to yeah. manage all that royal family. Anyway, right. Anyway, let's go on to the next bit. So, so uh, since we're talking about the royal family, we thought that we would just have a bit of fun and do a royal family <laughs> quiz. Yes. Okay. So what we've done, and we're going to quiz each other. But listeners, you can get involved in this too by just trying to guess the answers. All right. If you want to, you can pause. Obviously, you could pause the podcast and try and guess. But I tell you what, we're going to do. Aren't we going to do this? We're going to read through our questions. Yeah. And then we're going to answer them. Isn't that right? I thought I was going to quiz you and you'll quiz me. Okay. All right. Or 
yeah just it, it doesn't matter let's just get started so okay you can just give me your questions first listeners do you know the answers to these to these questions as well and let's see if i can get them all right yeah well i didn't try to make them too hard for you i thought there'd be more listener learning okay very good very okay good. because some of these you you know and some of we, we've already discussed anyway okay. so i'll just do them anyway okay so i said uh what is the queen's husband known as what's the queen's husband known as what you mean like uh <laughs> the official yes, title yes not the uh not some of his nicknames i don't know no. if he's got many nicknames has I he? Don't know. his official title is prince philip the duke of edinburgh the, the 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 royal consort to the queen yes um he's not the king he's the duke of edinburgh Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's the Duke of Edinburgh. He cannot be known as the king. No, he's not the king. Technically, not the king. Okay, but- good. All right, then. So he's not the king. And we, talk, we talked about that a little bit. I also asked who is next in line to the throne. Who's next in line to the That's one of my questions as well. So I know yep. the answer very, very well. Who's next in line to the throne? So when the queen dies, because she will die... Not if the Queen dies. Which was my original question. If the Queen dies. (laughs) (laughs) When? (laughs) So when the Queen dies. So as it stands at this moment. So my my question for you on this was. Yeah. uh, uh, It it was who has to die for Harry to become king? That was was the way I put the question. Oh, shall I tell you? So who has to die? For him to be king. Charles has to die. Yes. The qu- the qu- sorry, the, the queen, queen has to queen die. The queen has to die. Charles has to die because yeah. he's next in line to the throne. Yeah. Then William has to die. And then George and Charlotte. Yes. Have to both die. <laughs> and potentially the new baby will also have to die. And then Harry can take the throne. Right. That's right. And you know, after Harry, uh, if, if Harry got killed in this, I don't know, helicopter accident or whatever it is that's... Yeah. Going to be whatever tragedy would befall the royal family. If Harry died as well, it would go to Prince Andrew. Yes, and if Prince Andrew, I know if Prince Andrew was also killed, um, because I'm saying they're all getting killed, not not just dying that they're. Actively, someone's wiping them someone's, out. Yeah, someone's targeting. Someone is targeting. <laughs> <laughs> um, then it would go to Princess Beatrice. And then Princess Eugenie, the two most useless. Oh, Beatrice and Eugenie. Oh, my God. (laughs) What do they do? They wear bad clothes. They wear bad hats to weddings. Bad hats and shoes. Oh, God. All right, then. Well, that's good to know. Let's hope nothing befalls the royal family, despite everything I said earlier. Yes. Um, All right, then. So we've got that. Um, Next question. He's known as Prince Harry, Mm -hmm. but what is his real name? Henry. Yes. Do you know his full name? Henry Windsor of something. Just Henry Henry Windsor, the, the, the Prince of... I don't know. Sorry. Well, it's Henry Charles Albert David. Henry Charles Albert David Windsor. Yeah. You know Windsor? It's just a made-up name. Don't you talk oh, about sorry, it. It's sorry. one of my questions. Okay, next, next, <laughs> next question. Uh, n- oh, I've just done it myself. I said name Kate Williams' two children. Kate and Williams' two children. So there's George. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte. Yes, well done. And another one on the way. We don't know. We don't As know. yet Do to be know? identified. Is it a boy or a girl? They've not said. Okay. Uh, true or false? Is a few. False. True or false? The Queen Sorry. has two birthdays. True. She has two birthdays. It's her real birthday, which is when she was born. And then there's the official birthday, which is like a, a public celebration, mm. which always takes place when the weather is probably good. Yes. It's in June, I think. They try and do it on a sunny day. Yeah. yeah. That's, okay. Okay. Next. Uh, true or false? You're not allowed to touch the royal family. 
Um, you're not allowed to touch the royal family. Oh, it's got to be false. I think you're not. It's not really. Um, it's not considered appropriate to touch the queen. So I remember once the Australian prime minister. Don't remember his name. But the Prime Minister of Australia, when he met the Queen, he put his arm around the Queen. Because mm. like Aussies, you know, they're, they're quite... Friendly. They're quite friendly. They're friendly. Quite friendly and quite informal. And like, g'day, g'day Queenie, g'day Lizzie. How mm. you going? Mm. Um, and he put his arm around her and I think that was like a big no-no. It was a bit of a scandal. Well, technically you're not supposed to touch the royal family. Any of them? You're not supposed to touch them, no. But it is... Um, uh, yes, he touched her and so did uh, Michelle Obama. Yes. She touched the queen. Really? Where, well, do, you know where do you know where she touched her? I think she touched her arm. Just she like, gave her a shake, shook her hand or something, you really? know, some sort of, there's some sort of warm American touching and you're not meant to, you're not meant to touch them. Why not? They're special. You might break them. Yeah, you might, you, know, you might break them. Okay. Um, the queen speaks a, speaks a foreign language fluently. What is it? It's French. It is French. Yeah, she's fluent I've in French. I've heard her speak French. And? It was very cute. Really? Yeah, is, she, is she good? Yeah, I think she spoke to Hollande. It was ah. a little snippet because he didn't speak English. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Francois Hollande, the former French prime minister. Pre- yeah. President, president. What um, does he say? Be you. Do what we, <laughs> we, you do. We do. You, what you want to do. do. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. terrible. Terrible. You can be do what you want to do. That's it. Poor old Francois. Yeah. Um, so that's a queen. Uh, what famous boarding school do the royal children go to? Only if they're boys. Eton. Yes, that's right. Eton. Okay. What's that famous expression about Eton? I don't know. Oh, I can't remember. Isn't it, you know, the the future of Britain is decided on the playing fields of Eton? Ah. Something like that. Sounds like it. Yeah. Because all the sort of top brass, you know, all the top people, they go to Eton, which is this sort of very old fashioned in Windsor, and mm, just around the corner. Extremely exclusive. Uh, uh, expensive. Sc- very expensive school. Ironically called a public school, but they're not really like public schools as all you'd All private expect. schools are called public schools. Are they? All, yeah. Are they? Really? Yeah, you say public school. Every private school is called public. I don't know why it's like that in England. But I mean, like Harrow, is a. we say it's a public school, yes. meaning it's a private school. Yes, don't I know. Why. But, you know, not all private schools are called public schools because, like, oh, really? some schools are private schools. You have to, you know, pay to get in and mm. there's an entry exam. But they're not, like, public schools because the public schools are the super posh ones. Posh ones oh, yes. Like Eton and Harrow. Rugby. Where they... A rugby school is another mm. one, yeah, and others... So that, anyway, so they, they, they all go to Eton School along with people like David Cameron and, and Boris Johnson and stuff Most like that. Most of the cabinet, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that. Okay, um, we, meant, we touched on it. I said, what is the surname of the uh, royal family? It's Windsor, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's Mountbatten Windsor. Mountbatten Windsor. Apparently. Okay. Which they just made up, didn't they? Yeah. Do you know, do you know the, the story? Not really. So First World War. So... Uh, the the royal family as it is now is actually mostly German. Mm. They're mostly German. Like like um, Prince Albert was German. Um, a lot of the a lot of uh, Victoria's family came from Germany. It's like a really heavily German family. Prince Philip is actually Greek. Greek, yeah. Um, and so they used to have this German name, and then in World War One, it was a bit awkward. To have a royal family with a German name. Yeah. And so um, they changed their name to Windsor. Because they were the House of Windsor, weren't they? Right. Already. Yeah. 
I suppose so. They didn't pluck it out the air. It, you know, it's incredibly complicated and, and strange. Yeah. All of this stuff, it is. Uh, but anyway, they changed their name during World War One because it didn't really fit right, didn't sit very right to have a royal family that had a German name while we were fighting against the Germans. But didn't they for a long time not really need a surname? Should have just been Elizabeth. Elizabeth Regina. Yeah. Just like, you know, like Madonna. Just one name. Yeah. Kylie. The Queen. The Queen. Yeah. yeah. All right, then. Uh, history. I've delved into history, but not far history. I just uh-huh. thought I'd have one. Um, Henry VIII is famous for having had six wives. Mm-hmm. At school, how do you remember the fate of his wives? There's a little rhyme that you can do. Yes. Divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. Good, yes. And do you know any of the actual names of the wives? <sighs> no, well, there's, there's, there's famously Anne Boleyn. Yes. Catherine of Aragon. Mm-hmm. Jane Seymour. Yeah. Uh, Anne of Cleves. Yes. Someone else. Catherine Howard and Catherine Parr. Uh, well done. That one of them. Divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. Was it Anne Boleyn who survived? No. Who survived? Because Anne Boleyn had her head cut off. Oh, she was beheaded. Yeah. Had her head chopped off. Seymour dies. Divorced, beheaded. Uh, yeah, Catherine Parr survives. Okay, right. Yes. Yeah, and, and yeah, complicated story. Basically, he was looking for a son, a male heir to the throne. Yeah. And... and uh, a bit picky, wasn't he, Henry VIII? He was. Mm. Okay. That's another story for another time. Another story for another time. Um, I had one, but we already talked about it, about Edward VIII. Yeah. So, you know. Abdicated or, or at least turned down the throne in favour of marrying an, an American divorce. Because we wouldn't have had Elizabeth if it wasn't for that. That's right. Because... Longest reigning monarch. Yeah. Extremely successful, hugely popular monarch, Queen, uh, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. But yeah, um, it would have been someone else because uh, Edward's brother, Bertie, who was known as George the Sixth, uh, became king. And yeah. obviously his, his daughter was Queen Elizabeth, became, yes. became Queen Elizabeth. Interesting, isn't it? Mm. Um, okay, and my last question to you are where... So, you know, the Queen's got lots of lovely jewellery known as crown jewels. Yeah. Where are they kept? The crown jewels are <laughs> kept in um, the Tower of London, which is in London. Um, yeah. And it's like a, a medieval castle built by William the Conqueror, I understand. Right. Yeah, it's been, it's, um, it's been in the royal family for, you know, thousand years uh, about that. And yeah, this... Fantastic tourist destination now, where you can go and get uh, a tour of the of the castle because it's basically a castle by beef eaters, yeah. who are the, the the sort of guardians of the castle. A very popular tourist destination, and yes, the crown jewels uh, can be uh, seen in um, the Tower of London. Yeah, mm. including a huge diamond, like maybe the Have biggest. Have you been? Have you been? To uh, I London? went as a kid. I don't really remember, but uh, I do. I did go as a child. I think it's quite a good thing to do. I think some of those beef eaters are quite entertaining. Are they beef eaters or are they called the, the yeoman? Yeoman of the guard. The yeoman of the guard. I think they are technically yeoman of the guard, but their nickname is beef eaters. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting place, the the, the uh, Tower of London. Fascinating yeah. place because it, it, it was a prison, wasn't it? It was a prison. And did you know, at one time, the Tower of London was surrounded by a moat of water and they had animals in the moat. They had, they had polar bears in the moat 
Did poor you know? polar bears. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't last long. I'm sure they didn't. But can you imagine that? <laughs> a time when there would have been polar bears swimming around in the uh, in the moat it's around weird. around the Tower of London. Yeah, you'd imagine really... they'd get out and terrorise London. Yeah, I think they were chained up or something. Poor I don't old know, bears. But, yeah, animals were so mistreated in the in the past, weren't they? They're still mistreated. They still are. I watched this terrible. Um, document no uh, that that uh, after I listened to um the podcast with um what's his name Adam Buxton yes with um Simon Simon Amstel yeah I watched Carnage his sort of mockumentary film sort of thing it was disturbing so he, he, this is a, a comedian from the UK who <laughs> uh, is it campaigning against the mistreatment of animals yeah yeah okay yeah it's very disturbing the way animals are treated uh, around the world yeah it is Ricky Gervais is, uh, is someone who campaigns for that cause. Does he? Yeah. So those are your questions? Those are my questions. I, d- I did all right, actually. You did very well. Quite... I wasn't trying to trick you. No. I was trying to kind of like spread like everyone. I thought people in the podcast that might be listening might find it interesting. Very useful. No, I think that's very good information that most people should know. It's like and most the... British people do know. Yeah. yeah. Whereas most maybe foreign people don't know. Right, right. Okay, well, here's my quiz. Yeah, Meghan Markle should listen to this podcast. You might pick up a a few things, a few (laughs) tips, um, uh, bits of general knowledge. So here are my questions. Some of them are the same as as yours, so I'll skip those ones. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So I'm going to start with a sort of financial question. I'd like you to guess how much do you think it costs the UK taxpayer Mm. per year on average to maintain the royal family? How much does it cost each individual taxpayer? Per year. So how much does Joe Bloggs yeah, have to pay, pay in tax for the royal family a year? What do you think? I don't know, because they do have some of their own income, don't they? Yeah. So yeah. they do make money, uh, the royal family, and they've got lots of assets and stuff, which I suppose are separate. I don't know, a year. How much do you pay for the royal family? A quid? A quid, do you think? A pound? One pound. One pound. It's actually <laughs> on average. Uh, in 2016, it was about 66p. I wasn't far off. Not not far off. Yeah, not far off at all. So less than a pound, 66 pence is what... We each, all pay for e- this family. Each individual person pays per year for the family. That's disgusting. <laughs> what, disgusting well, is cheap? No, that's disgusting because I wonder how much do we all pay if we could say, I'd like my 66p to go to the Royal Family or the NHS... Right. How much do we pay to the NHS? 0.01p? Mm. 66p yeah. per person in the whole country, 60-odd million people. Mm. That's disgusting. For one family, for no reason whatsoever. So it depends how you look at it, doesn't it? Because you could... Well, let's say we wanted to just keep the upkeep. If we wanted these to be tourist destinations, like Versailles is a tourist destination. Like Buckingham Palace could just be an open tourist destination throughout the year, Yeah, for example. Or yeah. all of the palaces, you know, yeah. Balmoral, Windsor, all of that nonsense. Mm. <laughs> and the royal collection and all that. Sure, there might be an upkeep that the British people would be prepared to pay, but a lot more money would come in from people visiting. It'd probably be a bit more self-sustaining. Is know. it all about money, though? Is that the most important thing? Because some, for some people, this figurehead of sovereignty is more important than the financial benefit of, of having or not having them. That, that somehow there is a... A sort of... Um, An identity. A something about the identity, something about, yeah, the national sovereignty, which supersedes the financial things. I think a lot of people care about that yes, sort of no, stuff I a agree. lot. And you, you, know, you only need to see from Brexit that people are quite willing to just tank the economy just 
for some sense of national sovereignty. Yep. Uh, not even the EU isn't even a threat to national sovereignty. It's it stupid. Isn't. I know. Anyway, let's that, not go there. Let's not go back to Brexit. Uh, yeah. All I'll, right then. I'll talk to my dad about P, that. That was that's uh, still quite a lot of money. Sixty-six p per year. So I can tell you about. Do you know where the royals get their money from? And there are two, two or three sources of income. Isn't it rent? Don't they own all the land? Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, they own a lot of land. <laughs> they so, own London for a start. There's, there's, there's several things. It's a little bit confusing, but the first one is the sovereign grant. So this is the money that comes from the treasury. Mm. The treasury, of course, being all the money that the government takes in from, from taxation. Um, so uh, so that's the sovereign grant comes from the, the, the tax uh, payer, that's the treasury. Mm. It's about 15% of the profits made by the crown estate. The crown, the crown estate basically means money made from all the properties owned by the queen. <laughs> I'm not sure how the money comes in. It's probably rent, ground rent, entry fees for visitors and stuff like that. But all that money goes to the government. And the government then, two years later pays the royal family 15% of what it took. Okay. All right. So that's the, the sovereign grant. Um, <clears throat> then there's the privy purse. Uh, the privy purse, which is basically all the profits from all the land and assets that have been owned by the royal family for generations. I don't really understand the difference between that and the previous one, but anyway. Uh, so uh, residential, commercial, agricultural properties. So, a lot, you know, the royals own a lot of farmland which is actively being farmed. So they take all the profits from all of that farming and stuff, okay? Uh, it's about 184 square kilometers of land. And so that goes into what's called the privy purse, which is basically the profits from all that land. Between 2015 and 2016, that was about £17.8 million. Pounds. Okay, um, and that pays for expenses incurred by other members of the family. So Eugenie and Beatrice with the stupid hats, mm. they get paid out of this private... Uh, 17 million? About 17.8 million is, is the, the... It's not as much as I thought, no, actually. No, then the Queen is actually not... She's not one of the richest people in the country anymore. Mm. Yeah. No, no, I suppose not. And then there's the private savings and private um, ownership that the queen has she owns properties herself which yeah. she inherited from her father including balmoral castle in scotland and she has apparently a large art collection the whole mm. thing is worth about 340 million pounds so the queen as an individual is worth about 340 million pounds which is not even in the top 100 most rich people in the country i think paul mccartney's richer than the queen yeah. Mm. So there you go. That's where the money comes from. That's where the money comes from. I don't okay. really understand it either. But don't that's, really understand, that's no. fine. My next question is, who was Edward VIII and what did he do? We've already we done that. We talked about that, yeah. How many monarchs can you name from the Queen back? Um, Let's see if you can go from the Queen to Queen Victoria. No. No? No, I can't. Well, you've got the Queen. And before that? <sighs> King, the King's Speech. How's Col King George the Sixth? George the Sixth, Colin Firth. Colin yeah. Firth, yeah. Before that, um, it's not rocket science. I don't know. George the Fifth. Jesus, <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I honestly have no idea. It's it George the Fifth. <coughs> no, I mean I trust you, um, but I, I can't go. I can't so it go goes. Back it goes. Elizabeth the Second, George the Sixth. Oh, sorry, my mistake. Obviously, Edward the Eighth, because he was king for about a minute. A minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before he abdicated. So George the Sixth, Edward the Eighth, mm. and then George the Fifth, that's their dad, and then Edward the Seventh, uh, who was the son of Queen Victoria. 
Okay. So it goes Queen Victoria, Edward the Seventh, George the Fifth, Edward the Eighth, George the Sixth, and Queen uh, Queen Elizabeth. I like the way the men are really forgettable. <laughs> it's just like man, man, man. Oh, it's king, 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 lady. I mean, the the queens are much better. <laughs> Yeah, Queen Elizabeth I was a pretty formidable person, wasn't she? Yeah. And Victoria. And Victoria. Bloody Come hell. on. Right, scary wow. women. Wow. Okay, moving on. Moving Go on, on then. Moving on. So, uh, we've done the ha- ha- who has to die for Harry to take the throne. We've yep. done that. We dealt with uh, Which living royals in the nuclear family, mm. meaning the Queen and her children, which ones are, are divorced? And did they have affairs? Well, did they have affairs? I don't know. Okay, but are they, which ones are divorced? Um, well, Andrew, he's divorced because yeah. he was married to Fergie. That's that's Charles's brother. Andrew, yeah, Prince Andrew. I mean, Charles yes. is divorced. Charles obviously. is divorced. Yeah. Mm, Princess Anne. Princess Anne. She's also divorced. Princess so, Margaret. She's not divorced. She, she, Princess Margaret is. Uh, she's still alive. <laughs> the Queen's sister. That's <laughs> Princess Margaret. <laughs> so uh, the, the Queen's children are Charles, Princess Anne. Uh, Prince Andrew and Prince Edward. Mm. And all of them except Edward are divorced. Blimey. Edward is, is still happily married, apparently. Um, well done, Edward. Yeah. So uh, in terms of d- affairs, I think they all had affairs, I think. Charles had an affair, obviously, as we know, with Camilla Parker Bowles, who yeah. he's now married to. Yeah. Uh, Anne, I think, had... Uh, I, I don't think she did, but I think her husband did. Andrew had an affair, I think. Or Sarah Ferguson, who... Andrew was married to remember long ginger hair everyone remembers Fergie yeah Fergie she had an affair and Princess Diana of course had several affairs as well next question which uh, royal was once given a toe job do you know what a toe job is yeah can you can you explain what a toe job is um like a blow job but not but on the toe yeah there I did it it's it's a a toe-sucking yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, a toe job. So, which royal was Andrew was once given a toe job? It wasn't Andrew. It was Sarah Ferguson. Oh, she had an affair. Fergie. Yeah, she had. I an do aff- remember it on the in the Sun newspaper. Yeah, the toe job. Toe job. Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> Why did you bring that up? Horrible. Sorry, Move I just on. thought it was funny. <laughs> she she had an affair with some Amer- rich American guy, and some paparazzi photographer managed to take a photo of. What looked like uh, him and her next to a swimming pool, mm. and he appeared to be sucking on one of her toes. I think, to be honest, it looked more like he was kissing the, the insole of her foot. That you, sounds much nicer than a, a bit toe nicer, job. But it, it appeared from the photograph that he was having Eww. a go at one of the toes. Sounds yeah, gross. It All is right, gross. Then. It's disgusting, isn't it? Uh, what gives the monarch his or her power? So what gives the queen her power? The people. <laughs> no, she sucks in the power and then <laughs> it comes out of her eyes like lasers. She's like, <laughs> she's like some sort of um, power vampire, <laughs> sucking like you know all these people who disappear in Buckingham Palace and they get sort of like absorbed into the Queen in yeah. some ceremony and then she shoots. She's like she's like the Emperor from Star Wars or something. What gives her a power? No, I've got no idea. <laughs> It's it's a covenant with God. She has a, a, a she's got of, a covenant with God. She has a covenant with God. She That's has a, nice. A, 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 a co- I thought that the power was limited since Magna Carta. Yeah, quite possibly. 
Yeah. Well, it is limited, but I think she still has a covenant with God. I think what happened with Magna Carta, which was basically like a constitution which limited the powers of the the monarch. I think Magna Carta, I think probably the king was like, "Um, God, um, listen, I might not be able to see you as much as as I used to uh, just because, well, something's come up, this Magna Carta thing. So, sorry, but... Uh, you know, I can't really see. We can't hang out anymore. So she's still a divine monarch. Is that she know? has a covenant with God? She thinks she has a, a divine connection or some sort of agreement with uh, with the divine, dear, which oh which gives her power. Jeremy Paxman, uh, the broadcaster who wrote a book about the royals, mm. he thinks that she really believes that she has a covenant with God. That she really thinks She that, comes from another time, it's possible. Yeah, that it's a divine mandate. Okay, so she gets the power from God. I suppose Magna Carta is just about limiting their earthly powers. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, um, uh-huh. uh, have you, you've seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Yeah. King Arthur, mm. uh, the story of King Arthur. In that one, he describes the myth of uh, Excalibur. Yeah. The Lady of the Lake. Yeah. Who you know, lifted this sword from the water, uh, signifying by divine providence that he would be king of the Britons. And what is it? What's the, the, um, what's the thing? It's like, just because some moistened bint in a lake threw a sword at you doesn't, doesn't mean that you uh, get supreme executive power over the masses. Anyway, <laughs> you have to see the film. Oh, how'd you do? How'd you do, good lady? I'm Arthur, king of the Britons. Whose castle is that? King of the who? The Britons. Who are the Britons? Well, we all are. We are all Britons. And I am your king. I didn't know we had a king. I thought we were an autonomous collective. You're fooling yourself. We're living in a dictatorship. A self-perpetuating autocracy in which the working classes... Oh, there you go, bringing class into it again. That's what it's all about. If only people would... Please, please, good people. I am in haste. Who lives in that castle? No one lives there. Then who is your lord? We don't have a lord. What? I told you, we're an anarcho-syndicalist commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a simple majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case of... Be quiet. I order you to be quiet. Order? Who does he think he is? (laughs) I'm your king. Well, I didn't vote for you. You don't vote for kings? Well, how do you become king, then? The Lady of the Lake, her arm clad in the purest shimmering Samite, held aloft Excalibur from the bosom of the water, signifying by divine providence that I, Arthur, was to carry Excalibur. That is why I'm your king. Listen, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. Be quiet. But you can't expect to wield supreme executive power just because some watery tart threw a sword at you. Shut up. If I went round saying I was an emperor just because some moistened bint had lobbed a scimitar at me, they'd put me away. Shut up. Will you shut up? Ah, now we see the violence inherent in the system. Shut up. Oh. Come and see the violence inherent in the system. Help, help, I'm being repressed, bloody peasant. Oh, what a giveaway. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, eh? That's what I'm on about. Do you see him repressing me? You saw it, didn't you? <laughs> you have to see the film. <laughs> um, what would happen if the Queen murdered someone? Um, like, let's say one day, I don't know, Donald Trump rocks up at the... the uh, it would the... be complicated. She's not above the law, though. Isn't she? No. Isn't she? No, she isn't. 
I read that she can't be prosecuted. I I think that this is a philosophical debate that people have about where her her power ends and if she's above the law. And I think there is some sort of complex loophole which kind of goes both ways. Like, yes, she's the law is applicable to her and at the same time she can't be persecuted or so she's prosecuted. Above, she's above the law except when she's under it. Yeah, some sort of thing like that. But I, I, I think that laws do apply to her. Really? She doesn't need a passport, you know. Or a driving license. Yeah. True or false? Yep. The Queen has her own poet. She's got her own She's poet. Got poet Laureate. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. The Poet Laureate is officially the poet the to the, the royal queen. poet. Yeah. And do you know how the Poet Laureate is paid? No. In sherry. In sherry? Sherry is a kind of wine. It's like that a is amazing. fortified wine. I think the Poet Laureate gets some money, but also mm. is given a, bar- a barrel of sherry. <laughs> Uh, the Queen here we go talking about the Queen's powers the Queen can fly I mean fly planes not yep. actually fly not actually fly the Queen can fly and regularly pilots her own helicopters and light aircraft her favourite uh, is a Harrier jump jet which she sometimes flies over Dartmoor where she enjoys uh, blowing up deer the part that okay True or false? Is that a true or false? I don't think she blows up deer, but I think she can fly. No. She, she never learned to fly? No. I don't think she would. I think it's too unsafe. Yeah. Because she, she could die. Right. But it wouldn't so, surprise me if she knows how. False. She can't fly. She doesn't fly a helicopter or she doesn't fly a Harrier jump jet. And she and doesn't blow up deer. She doesn't blow up deer. She or, does kill things. She though. does kill animals. Yeah. All she, posh people do. She, yeah. They like shooting animals, don't they? They do. Or um, hunting them. Yeah. Um, next. By law, all pubs in the UK must display a picture of the Queen somewhere behind the bar? Um, I don't think that's the law, but I wish it was. <laughs> it's false, yeah. <laughs> Not true. The Queen and Winston Churchill once had an affair. No. False, of course. Absolute nonsense. The, true or false? The Queen doesn't really like Scottish people. False. False. She, she lo- loves Scottish people. She loves, she Scottish loves people. Scotland. She loves it. <laughs> um True or false? The Queen smokes cigarettes. False. False, yeah. There's a rumour that she does, but she totally no way. doesn't. No. True or false? The Queen smokes pot, weed, ganja, marijuana. No. No. Well, we don't know, actually. We don't know, but it seems unlikely. Probably false. But Queen Victoria used to use cannabis. To ease her period pains. That's right. That's what I heard, too. Yes, I, I don't heard. know if that's a myth or, or not, but apparently she used to use cannabis to help with her period pains. Yeah. But that's back in the Victorian times when it was totally they legal. They were crazy, those Victorians. I think it was legal. all sorts of it, stuff. It was legal at that time. Well, weren't they all doing um, um, Ca- heroin? Cocaine and heroin. Everyone was on cocaine and heroin in the in they the 90s. how to live, in those ni- Victorians. Yeah. If you went to the dentist, the dentist would be like, right, just take a line, snort a line of that before I work on your teeth. It'll, you take, afford it. it'll take the edge off the pain, yeah. <laughs> For the NHS. Yes, that's right. Uh, true or false, the Queen owns all of the dolphins which swim in British waters. If a dolphin enters British waters... She owns all the swans. It, it, if, the, if, if a dolphin swims into British waters or a whale, it becomes officially the within the dominium of the queen. That sounds about right. She owns the swans. I reckon she owns the dolphins it's, as well. It's true. She yep. also owns the swans that swim on river te- on the River Thames. And the Royal Parks. And the Royal Parks, yeah. Uh, true or false? The queen writes the laws of the land. She, she writes all of the law in the UK. 
Well, doesn't she have to agree to it? Doesn't she need to sign off? Yeah, she doesn't write it, though. No. She gives it the royal assent, which yes. is basically like a stamp, like, okay, carry on. That law is accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the process, there is an official stamping of, yeah, of, a, the, law. of the law, which is the royal assent. But she doesn't write anything. No. And she, she's never not given royal assent in fact, the last time that happened, the last time the monarch refused to she accept the law... She should have said law, no to Brexit. She should have done. She should have done. Yeah. She might still do it. Oh, I don't know. I don't think she will. Imagine if the Queen stepped in. Right! I've had enough of this. She could do. I mean, she's right at the end. She'd just be like, right, you lot. 90 years. Right, you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Queen, which been Queen 70 odd years. My doctor says I've got a week to live. <laughs> Brexit? Forget about it. You fool. If it's the last thing I do... <laughs> right. Um, so uh, the Queen is in charge of the government, including the Prime Minister. Yes. Uh, maybe. Well, she's the head of government. She is. Yeah. Technically, she invites. She doesn't have any power. No, she doesn't. She. She. It's a f- purely a formality. But she invites the government. She invites uh, them to form a government on her behalf. Yes. So if <laughs> technically Parliament works on behalf of the Queen, but really the Queen doesn't really have any say over, over yeah. that stuff uh the queen's powers again include visa free travel veto like the refusal of laws and invisibility invincibility invisibility invisibility yeah. uh yeah oh yeah 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 definitely true invisibility well, obviously not not totally true she she does have visa free travel she can veto laws but no she doesn't have invisibility as far as we know not invisible yes, okay. okay good to know um which member of the royal family talks to trees and believes in charles ho- yeah believes in homeopathy charles yes charles. well prince yes. charles Do you he's know what- very eco isn't he yeah, he's very much into organic food and stuff, which is f- fair enough. I'm yeah. not sure about the homeopathy, though. Do you know what homeopathy is? Yeah. Can you explain it in a nutshell? Um, it's sort of when you take medicine, but it's diluted massively down into mm. water to the yeah. point that it's just water. Because they believe that water has a memory, yes. you see. And the way it works is if you... If you um, the, the medicine is diluted. One drop of the medicine is diluted into water, into mm. like a, uh, a litre of water. And one drop of that litre is diluted into another litre of water. Then one drop of that uh, water is diluted into more water, all the way to the point where there is there are literally trace levels of the original solution. And, and, and because water has magical memory, it somehow remembers the qualities of the original thing that you put into the water, which I think is like... The, the, the thing that gives you the disease in the first place and it's just diluted down. I don't know. It's, anyway. Sounds like right a then. load of nonsense. Well, it's just placebo, I suppose. Yeah, placebo effect. That's it. Those are, that's the end those of my... Those are your, of your questions. Those are my questions. Hold on. I think we need to finish with one more question uh-huh. for the listeners. Yeah. What does the Queen do every Christmas? Ah, so every Christmas, uh, the Queen does a speech to the whole nation and it's broadcast on television, the Queen's speech... Three o'clock. Uh, 3 p.m. So generally people will be sitting around, probably quite drunk yep. by that point, full of turkey, mm. no doubt. And it's you put the Queen's speech on. And what happens? What does she talk about? People of Britain. Uh, she sort of addresses the nation. And then she sometimes attempts a smile at the end, which is a terrifying, <laughs> terrifying thing to behold. 
Uh, she just gives a very sort of uncomfortable address. She talks about, this year the, the armed forces have been working to do numerous charitable things and that kind of stuff, isn't it? Yes, it's, it's nonsense. I don't ever recall the contents of her speech. It just looks very uncomfortable. She definitely looks like she'd rather be anywhere else. Yeah. But it's kind of a tradition. Yeah. You watch the Queen's speech. Put the Queen's speech on. Pop the pop the speech on. Pop, pop the Queen's speech on. I might play a little bit of the Queen's speech at the end of this episode. Good idea. Could be nice. The last last year's Queen's speech. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. All right, then. Well, that's good. Well, I need to go now. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Amber, for talking to us about Meghan Markle and the royal family and all that stuff. Listeners, I hope that you've picked up a thing or two mm. that you understand what you know we think about the royals i think that we're probably fairly ordinary brits aren't we yes well i think i mean of our demographic i think most people think in a similar way that the royals are fascinating traditional a bit of waste of money but i'm not sure i'd get rid of them (laughs) i have to say i just don't know if if i mean i know that it would save money we could put that money into the nhs and stuff like that well but then we can't trust them can we they wouldn't put the money into the nhs they'd just do something ridiculous with it so maybe they are good i mean they certainly have a platform and william and harry seem all right i'm sort of okay with it I'm, i'm not like a big fan but i just don't know what it would be like without them without england would have literally nothing just bad weather yeah There'd be nothing left. It'd be stripped of everything. They've barely got any traditions as it goes. Yeah, I don't True. Know. Maybe we need them. Mm. All, right, All right, then. Well, listeners, let me know what you think in the comments section as usual. Amber, thank you very much again for being on the podcast. You uh, are very welcome. It was brilliant being here on the podcast. Yeah, okay. All right. All right, then. Thanks, everyone. Okay, then. Cheers. Bye. time of year, few sights evoke more feelings of cheer and goodwill than the twinkling lights of a Christmas tree. The popularity of a tree at Christmas is due in part to my great-great-grandparents, Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. After this touching picture was published, many families wanted a Christmas tree of their own, and the custom soon spread. In 1949, I spent Christmas in Malta as a newly married naval wife. We have returned to that island over the years, including last month for a meeting of Commonwealth leaders. And this year, I met another group of leaders, the Queen's Young Leaders, an inspirational group, each of them a symbol of hope in their own Commonwealth communities. Gathering round the tree gives us a chance to think about the year ahead. I'm looking forward to a busy 2016, though I have been warned I may have happy birthdays sung to me more than once or twice. It also allows us to reflect on the year that has passed as we think of those who are far away or no longer with us. Many people say the first Christmas after losing a loved one is particularly hard. But it's also a time to remember all that we have to be thankful for. It is true that the world has had to confront moments of darkness this year, 
But the Gospel of John contains a verse of great hope, often read at Christmas carol services. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. One cause for thankfulness this summer was marking 70 years since the end of the Second World War. On VJ Day, we honoured the remaining veterans of that terrible conflict in the Far East, as well as remembering the thousands who never returned. The procession from Horse Guards Parade to Westminster Abbey must have been one of the slowest ever, because so many people wanted to say thank you to them. At the end of that war, the people of Oslo began sending an annual gift of a Christmas tree for Trafalgar Square. It has 500 light bulbs and is enjoyed not just by Christians, but by people of all faiths and of none. At the very top sits a bright star to represent the star of Bethlehem. The custom of topping a tree also goes back to Prince Albert's time. For his family's tree, he chose an angel, helping to remind us that the focus of the Christmas story is on one particular family. For Joseph and Mary, the circumstances of Jesus' birth in a stable were far from ideal. But worse was to come as the family was forced to flee the country. It is no surprise that such a human story still captures our imagination and continues to inspire all of us who are Christians the world over. Despite being displaced and persecuted throughout his short life, Christ's unchanging message was not one of revenge or violence, but simply that we should love one another. Although it is not an easy message to follow, we shouldn't be discouraged. Rather, it inspires us to try harder, to be thankful for the people who bring love and happiness into our own lives, and to look for ways of spreading that love to others, whenever and wherever we can. One of the joys of living a long life is watching one's children, then grandchildren, then great-grandchildren, help decorate the Christmas tree. And this year, my family has a new member to join in the fun. The customary decorations have changed little in the years since that picture of Victorian Albert's tree first appeared. Although, of course, electric lights have replaced the candles. There's an old saying that it is better to light a candle than curse the darkness. There are millions of people lighting candles of hope in our world today. Christmas is a good time to be thankful for them and for all that brings light to our lives. I wish you a very happy Christmas. So what you just heard there was the Queen's speech from 2015. So not actually last year's speech, but the year before last. And that was actually the Queen's voice. Have you ever heard her speak before? I wonder. Well, that's what she sounds like. She speaks in a heightened RP heightened received pronunciation, or as some people might say, very posh English. I don't know if you can recognise that, but to me, 
it's unmistakable. For you, it might just sound like clear speech, and she does speak very clearly. Uh, But for me, there are certain features of her voice that are a dead giveaway that this person is really posh. And honestly, this kind of posh accent isn't really how most people speak. For example, my dad and I speak clearly. My mum, my dad and me and my brothers, we speak clearly, but we don't have this kind of posh accent. Um, Every now and then, I will hear someone speaking with this kind of accent, and it's a sign that they come from an upper-class background. There's a lot more for me to say about this subject, and I do intend to explore it further in later episodes. But anyway, I thought you might find it interesting to actually listen to the Queen. Um, So thank you very much for listening to this episode. I look forward to reading your responses in the comments section. Have a great day, morning, afternoon, evening or night. And if you are celebrating Christmas this year, I hope that you're starting to get into the Christmas spirit now. And by the way, you might be wondering about the baby, um, because you know that my wife is due to give birth sort of at any time. We're in the drop zone, but the baby hasn't arrived yet, but it could be any day now. Uh, I don't know how that will affect the podcast, uh, but if there are no new episodes for a week or two, then that's why. I think I should be able to record something for you after the baby's born, you know, in in the sort of weeks after the birth. I should be able to take the time to record something quickly. Um, So I don't think that there will be a big delay. But anyway, if you don't hear from me for a bit, um, then it's probably because I'm changing nappies and I'm dealing with visiting family members and and probably I'll be in a generally sleep-deprived condition. Um, So if if you don't hear from me, then that's what's happened, okay? All right, then. Thank you very much for listening to the episode and I will speak to you soon I hope but for now goodbye bye 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 bye. thanks for listening to Luke's English podcast for more information visit teacherluke.co.uk Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.